back for another week at Tales from the Tailgate. My name is Rob Christian, joined by Alex Christian and Bo. This week we are missing Auburn Matt, trying to figure out his schedule with his new job where he is now in Virginia working 12-hour shifts, so hard for him to catch up for us while we are recording. We will miss him this week, but we'll get him back on uh, whenever we can. It has been a... uh, it has been a it has been a stressful day for me, just to say the least. And it's one of those days where you feel like the entire world is dumb, and you really just want to ask, how can people be this this stupid? Like it's just stunning where everything in your day goes kind of wrong. So I'm very glad for the opportunity to come in here today, sit down, and now I get to be the dumb one while we record this show, and it's like, it's okay, because, like, now it's our turn to do it, you've put up with it all day, and now it's your turn to absolutely turn your brain off and hang out with us for just a little bit, and with that, I'll bring in both Alex and Bo. Bo, have you ever, you ever had some of those days? You're, you're probably, you're, you're one of the smartest ones in most rooms that you go in, or at least you think you are, and I guess that might be the key behind it. You ever have those days? I, I definitely don't think I'm the smartest one in most rooms I walk into too. Maybe in this room, but I, I don't know I don't know if that's uh if it says more about me or more about the, the people I'm hanging out with. Well I'm giving you the credit at least. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I see I'm the only one not drinking, so that definitely leads me to believe I'm not the smartest one in the room. I might need to go fix that. Yeah, usually usually you'll partake. What about you, Alex? Uh, how's How's your day? How's life in uh, the Lauderdale Hospitality Group world? Retarded. You, know, you get people calling in saying, you know, I might be taking a cruise next June and I may or may not be staying at your hotel, but can I book transportation and how much will it cost? Like, what? How did you get out of bed today? You must like, prepay where... and no refunds. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, this is non-refundable. So, yeah, that was my day. All right, let's take a look and get through this and and talk about what happened last week. Last week was a thriller for some of us uh, on this show, and let's just dive right into what happened in Oxford last week. Bo, you were actually there, so you got to witness it. Uh, You went into the game, I know that, and you got to see what was an absolute thriller. comes down to the very last play of the game, the two-point conversion, as as there's no time on the clock, 52-51 final. We said it leading into the game. Arkansas and Ole Miss, no matter how good or how bad the teams are each year, it's going to be an absolute wild game. Alex, you were very bullish on the, what, 79-point over in the in the Ole Miss-Alabama uh, game, and then who had over under 102-and-a-half, you know, this week in, in, the, uh, in the Arkansas-Ole Miss game. I don't know if anyone thought that it was going to come to that, but everyone thought that it I mean, Bo, you said it last week too. Either this is going to be like a sixty-six to forty-two game, mm-hmm. or it's going to be like sixteen to ten or whatever. And we got the uh, we got the prior on that one. What was it like being in Oxford? What was it like at the game? What was the crowd like after the game? We've seen our share of heartbreak at home in Oxford against Arkansas. Throwback to that fourth and twenty-five game. What was it like to be there and actually beat Arkansas in a thriller like this? Oh, I got to tell you, it was amazing. Uh, Rob, as you said, I think we've seen our fair share of uh, these types of games go the wrong way at Bot Hemingway Stadium. We've seen our fair share of these games against Arkansas go the wrong way. Uh, 
at Bob Hemingway Stadium. So it was amazing to see one of these go the right way. And it was especially coming off of the Alabama week, which uh, Ole Miss historically, at least for the last decade, seems to always be a letdown following Alabama. So, so many, I think, good things to take away for Ole Miss. The atmosphere was electric. Uh, the 11 o'clock start, the 11 a.m. start is a little tough. It maybe takes away a little bit of the drama, a little bit of the feel, but by halftime, it really, was really rocking, and by the end of the game, everybody really saw the direction it was going, and that was amazing. The square was lit afterward. The square was lit the night before. Got to tell you, really fun to be down there. Ole Miss is... I think this team's legit. Alabama's a tough opponent. Rest of the way, though, I've, uh, I actually had a chance to, we had Kincaid on earlier, uh, had a chance to hear from the Dents this weekend. They think there's a chance we find a way to win out, maybe make our way back in the conversation. I don't, I don't know the last time Ole Miss made their way up into the top 15, fell out of it, and made their way back up into it. So exciting times in Oxford. That's uh, what's going on the ground. I don't know if that 2015 team was able to climb back up at all. Or, uh, after that Arkansas game, that was just all downhill from there. Uh, Alex and I will be fortunate enough to follow in your footsteps and be in Oxford for the next home game for LSU, and we are bringing a crew with us. I think we are trying to shove eight-plus people in this Airbnb, and we've got a story for that later on, maybe if it comes up. It, it could definitely be like a lost episode type of fun story that has just it, it's raised my blood pressure and my heart rate to about 200 this week. It has been absolutely miserable um, trying to figure out plans for this LSU game, but we are more than excited to be able to get there, see Eli Manning's jersey um, retirement for Ole Miss uh, this coming week. But let's talk about you know the other main game. We talked about it last week where we were saying, yo, this isn't a ranked matchup anymore in Texas, uh, Texas A&M and Alabama in College Station. Texas A&M took them down 41-38 over the tide. They get to storm the field at Kyle Field. We'll always say that it's not as loud as people say, but it looked pretty loud that night. It looks like they were having a great time out there. What was the spread on that? I mean, no one. No one had A&M winning this game, especially the way that they've played. I, I thought A&M could lose a scrimmage to themselves, like something like that. I, I, no one saw this coming. Particularly when the quarterback, another A&M quarterback got hurt, and it looked like they were going to go to the walk-on freshman in a tie ball game with two minutes left. That was, that was one of the most amazing games to watch. It was it was frankly one of the greatest weekends of college football, if not in recent maybe memory, maybe ever, in my opinion. Um, I mean, those there was just so many games like that all weekend because you also had the, the Penn State Iowa. Uh, I you may have just mentioned Texas Oklahoma. Like all of these games, every game was good this weekend. Yeah, except for the Auburn game. Now that, well, I was just not even going to bring it up. I like how yeah, no, I like I, how Alex skipped to that though. He didn't even talk about the the Bama game. He's like, yeah, and Auburn. You know, well, no, I, the the Bama game. I, I was sitting watching, and when they blocked that punt, I'm like, there it is. That's the moment that Alabama wakes up, and this game ends up, you know, them winning by 34. 
but it never happened. I mean, you've seen Bama do that so many times that if they start slow, all of a sudden that one spark play just blows the doors off, the floodgates open. Hats off to A&M. They stood and took it in the teeth and, and got out of it. So it proves Bama is mortal. And kudos to Jimbo Fisher for breaking the streak, go 100 straight, uh, non wins against the unranked opponent, and the first time an assistant has ever beaten Saban. Uh, so, you know, the, the mystique is fading. But, you know, what also is fading is Auburn's chances of going anywhere other than hopefully like the Gator Bowl. I made a point of staying at work late that day so that I wouldn't have a chance to watch or listen to the game. I just knew as I was following it and following it online that, you know, every time we started moving the ball and we got in, you know, inside the 30 or 40, we stalled. And against a team like Georgia, you just can't let those opportunities go with you not scoring points. There were a couple of mistakes and Georgia capitalized. There were some boneheaded plays. Smoke Monday getting himself thrown out early was debilitating and you saw the rest of what happened to that secondary with that dude just standing wide ass open on 60 yard bomb now that was that was a tale of the tape but you know we've got arkansas this week it'll be interesting to see what happens i will say i would not want to play arkansas again so no i, I would i do not envy you having to play them this week especially after a loss they are probably they're probably not happy just as I assume, Nick Saban is not happy with uh, Alabama this week at practice. I think this is the week where everyone turns in the keys to their Challengers and their Mustangs until they earn them back, and the uh, and the white Mercedes until they. Uh, he was redder than a strawberry. Yeah, he looked like he was going to have a stroke. Yeah, hint towards uh, hint towards what's looking like one of my picks this coming weekend. I'd say Nick Saban will have Alabama rebound. Um, I think that's pretty safe to say. Uh, the Iowa Penn State game. I mean, I was I was so locked in on um, on the SEC. I got to see only a little bit of it, but I did get to I did hit that game. Um, Iowa wins twenty three twenty. Another uh, another thriller, and they uh, they got an interception towards the end of the game, and so Iowa remains undefeated. They're six and zero now. Penn State still a very respectable five and one and two and one in conference. Texas blew a huge lead. Against Oklahoma, I mean, the year before, it went into four overtimes, and then this was just a massive comeback. Uh, But this is what happens in this game. Like, this, I mean, this isn't what Oklahoma, Texas, or Texas, Oklahoma used to be. This game isn't supposed to have, what is that, 103 points scored? Like, this is just ridiculous. And every year, it's very, very exciting, though. Um, I thought Texas was going to get them. Glad I didn't put that on my official picks. I was smart enough to know that, but a 25-point fourth quarter from Oklahoma seals the deal. Massive comeback. It looked like a it looked like a fun time down in the Cotton Bowl. I wish I I wish I could have been there too. I've always wanted to go to that game. I want to go to the Texas State Fair. I want to eat fried butter and I want to see a game like that. An exciting future SEC matchup there. I wish they would God, play I it in the wait. Cotton Bowl. Going to be amazing. No, who else do we have? Anything else really exciting? Cincinnati's in the top four now. I guess they've, uh, I guess they've earned their way up there. I will see what would happen if they had to play like a Georgia or something. I saw a wild stat earlier, and it's, uh, I know Georgia's up there, and I know Cincinnati's up there. It's teams 
allowing less than an average of one point per drive. And I think there's like four teams doing it. One is Georgia, one is Cincinnati, and one is actually Clemson. Clemson just can't score themselves. But, I mean, you're looking at defense up there. You can talk about the level of competition, but Cincinnati and Georgia right up there. How many points does Ole Miss give up per drive? Like eight? With the two? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Watching Lane Kiffin in prayer on the sideline was one of the funniest. That's the most iconic look for that. That is the picture of the Ole Miss season right now. If you had to capture it in one image, that I think that's perfect. Arkansas ran, in, in the words of Apollo Creed, ain't going to be no rematch. Arkansas Ooh. ran, uh, I think, 93 plays in that game. No wonder these defenses were so tired. Uh, Arkansas is the real deal. Have they, they haven't played Alabama yet, right? No, I don't believe they have. They've just played Georgia. They played That's, Georgia, they played A&M, they played us. It's hard to imagine uh, Alabama losing another game this year, but if they do, that's one to circle. I think that could be a really exciting matchup later this season. Yeah, so I guess Ole Miss, their hopes rely on Auburn and Arkansas to beat them. Yeah, we got this. Auburn's going to take care of it. (laughs) If it were to come down to the last week of the year, like Iron Bowl week, to send Ole Miss to like the SEC championship, to send Ole Miss to Atlanta... I I pretty much grew up an Auburn fan since I was uh, 11. I would be rooting maybe the hardest I ever have at that point. That would be something I don't think is going to happen, but you know it, it very well could. Uh, so I think that pretty much wraps up everything that we had um, for, for last week. Uh, Kentucky knocked the crap out of LSU. Uh, Wake Forest is undefeated at this point in the year. It's 6-0 for the first time since, I think, 1947. Shout out to them in the ACC, the new kings of the ACC. Uh, but otherwise, um, yeah, I think that's a pretty good wrap on what we have. Can, can we just, before we go, can we talk about Matt Corral getting Mortal Kombat kicked in the face? Uh, that, that was just one of the weirdest hits I've ever seen. It did like, look it, – it was very out of the ordinary, I will say that. But he scored. He did. He did. Come to the sip. Get kicked in the face. Party in the sip, baby. Well, he's he's used to that. I think he was the one, like, his freshman year, he was out there throwing punches in the egg bowl. Like, he's not afraid to get hit. He's not afraid to hit somebody else. I think he's – Hey, uh, he's, he's a legit Heisman top three candidate right now. Yes, he reminds still. me a lot of Baker Mayfield. Like he just, it's with a better arm, a better arm, and I think he's more composed at this point in his career than Baker Mayfield is. And I think Matt Corral could do a lot better TV commercials than Baker Mayfield. (laughs) I don't know; those Baker uh, ads are pretty good. I'm I'm a big fan of those. I'm done with it. It's it's not the same as like when Peyton and Eli were doing like the Oreo ones. Like those were legit. Baker Mayfield's done like too many now. I think Mahomes has done too many now too. Like. At least Aaron Rodgers sticks with, like, the discount double check. Yeah, he might have, like, one more now. But I think Matt Corral could put together some pretty yeah. solid ads. And I agree he should still be in and the least, top Heisman conversation. And at least Baker's good. He's at least a winner. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he's, what, two and three now? Like, Yeah, man, what, is, what is happening over there? 
Yeah, also Spencer Rattler getting benched. Yikes. Talk about that that's what makes that uh Oklahoma comeback even more impressive. Yeah. Preseason presumptive Heisman favorite gets pulled and you win it with a freshman. Just awesome. So that's a topic though. Where is he gonna transfer? Ole Miss. People have been saying Ole Miss. I do not want to hear that. Rat poison. Rat poison, Bo. Rattler poison. <laughs> yes. Party in the pit, baby. I don't know. I I like our odds with Altmeyer and our boy Kincaid over there. I agree with that. I would. Auburn just needs so much help. This is a Kincaid Dent podcast. That's damn right. Very yeah. pro. We we gotta support him. He's our athlete. Yeah. We got to get some merch put together in the next two weeks so we can give it to him. Oh, yeah. We owe him a trucker hat. Yeah, we do. Owe sure him. do. We do owe him a trucker hat. I, I do have a lead on possible one of possibly one of our next podcast guests, and it could involve Ole Miss baseball. So I'm very excited for that. We're going to, from what I hear, there's been a meeting set up in the Grove to negotiate uh, appearance and uh, times and everything like that. So uh, we'll see how that turns out. Uh, hoping that uh, that Alex and I put on a good front for the ambassadors of the show and we can seal the deal, but uh, we will we will Uh-oh. find out. Hopefully he likes to have fun and listen to Dwight Yoakam in the, in the Waffle House tent. And judging by who I think it would be, uh, I think that they would be, I think they would be pretty supportive of the idea. So hopefully we can seal the deal on that and have that uh, going on in the next few weeks. But I think we're, Pretty set on college football for the past week, right? All right. Yeah. So let's uh let's move on to our new revised ad read for uh for Blockfills. And we're gonna go right to our crypto warrior over here, Bo, to deliver on some Blockfills. Oh, I'm doing the ad read this week. All right. All right, everybody. If you take crypto seriously, if you wanna be a pro crypto trader, if you wanna make big bucks trading crypto, drive yourself a Lambo. I need you to just head over to blockbills.com. Blockbills.com, they're going to help you get you set up all the stuff you need. They're going to simplify it for you, but give you all the tools of the experts of the pros. If you're ready to go pro in crypto, head over to blockbills.com. And with that, I think it's time for uh, for Alex to, to take the stage. Is it time for the pump and dump? I think it is time for the pump and dump. I think uh, I think Mango is already uh, calling out, uh, trying to get a hold of Blockfills over there. Yeah, he's all in on Blockfills. And for good reason. They're the best. Blockfills stuck with us through thick and thin so far, so very supportive of them. And Alex, are you uh, are you ready to hit the music this week? All right, we start in Seattle where Russell Wilson had himself a sleepless night after suffering a finger injury that ushered in the return of Geno Smith. On the other sideline, much unlike Urban Meyer, Matthew Stafford was able to overcome his own finger issues and lead the Rams to a 23-point second half to get a critical division win on the road. Also, the Seahawks mascot landed on a dude's head. Rams 26, Seahawks 17. Time to go across the pond for our Poop on the Jets minute. Kyle Pitts introduced himself to British audiences by getting all the tea and crumpets to the tune of 119 yards and a tutter on nine catches. Only the Jets 
can make Matt Ryan look young again. Falcons 27, Jets 20. We're on to Cincinnati, where the Packers and Bengals traded missed field goals deep into overtime before Mason Crosby finally got one through. Which one hurts worse, Cincinnati? Joe Burrow's throat contusion or watching your kicker celebrate a miss? Packers 25, Bengals 22. In Minnesota, Alexander Madison picked up right where Dalvin Cook left off and showed the fantasy football world the value of handcuffed running backs. The Vikings tried to lose this game, but in the end, it was Man Campbell crying on camera as Detroit fell to 0-5. Vikings 19, Lions 17. Remember last week when we all said Pittsburgh and Big Ben were done? Well, turns out that when you run the ball 35 times and don't rely on a 39-year-old QB with a pool noodle for an arm, you've got a good shot of winning. Expect to see a lot more Najee Harris going forward. Steelers 27, Broncos 19. In Tampa, Tom Brady went all Japanese fisherman on the Dolphins' defense, throwing for 411 yards and five touchdowns. First time he's ever done that in his career. There is no silver lining, Miami. The offensive line is flat-out offensive. There is no defense for the defense. The season is officially over. Bucks 45, Dolphins 17. Jameis Winston is back to his old self again. It's amazing how this guy can throw horrifically bad interceptions then come back with a 72-yard Hail Mary. Enjoy the roller coaster ride, New Orleans. Saints 33, Washington football team 22. In Charlotte, Jalen Hurts ran Philadelphia back into the game in the second half. His two touchdowns were enough to sink a Carolina team that struggled behind a very Jets-like Sam Darnold performance. How much longer before Christian McCaffrey comes back? Eagles 21, Panthers 18. Oh, Jacksonville. In Animal House, Dean Wormer famously said, Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. He may not be fat, but Urban Meyer has the other two down pat. Jags dropped their 20th in a row, second worst skid in NFL history. Six more to catch the Bucks' record. Tennessee rolls, Titans 37, Jags 19. Start the count on fourth quarter, comeback, fourth quarter comebacks for Mac Jones as the New England Patriots went into Houston and moved Bill Belichick's record against rookie QBs to 23-6. and six. Patriots 25, Texans 22. The autumn wind may be a Raider, but John Gruden isn't anymore. Talk about overshadowing a game. Bears 20, Raiders 9. With all due respect to the Monday night game, the game of the week was played on Sunday afternoon in Los Angeles. The Chargers and Browns combined for 41 points and four lead changes in the fourth quarter, with the fighting Air Bears coming out on top. Feel bad, Cleveland fans. The Browns just became the first team in NFL history to lose a game when scoring scoring 40-plus points and gaining more than 500 yards with no turnovers. Chargers 47, Browns 42. In the obligatory NFC East matchup of the week, Dak Prescott silenced the echoes of the gruesome ankle injury that he suffered almost exactly a year ago against the same opponent. Giants rookie Kadarius Toney went off for 189 yards on 10 catches before he went off the field for good after throwing a punch at Cowboys safety to Monte Kazee. Cowboys 44, Giants 20. Need an example of a hangover game? Look no further than Arizona as the Cardinals scraped out a win against a 49ers team that had four turnover on downs and an interception. Cardinals 17, 
Niners 10. Josh Allen and company went all Bills Mafia on the Kansas City defense, sending the reigning AFC Chiefs uh, AFC champs through a table and to a 2-3 and three record. The Bills are the best team in football right now, and the Chiefs have their hand hovering over the panic button. Bills 38, Chiefs 20. Lastly, are we 100% sure that Lamar Jackson is even human? He finished 37 for 43 for 442 yards and four touchdowns. Add on a team-high 62 rushing yards, and the fact that they scored 22 unanswered points to beat the Colts in overtime, and you have one of the all-time best performances in Monday Night Football history. Ravens, 31. Colts, 25. And that is your pump and dump NFL Rewind. It's better every week. Yeah, another solid performance. The only part that gets worse some weeks is the Jets. That's some weeks it's good. I enjoyed very, uh, very rarely. I enjoyed the poop on the Jets minute this week. The only team that can make Matt Ryan look young again. How old is Matt Ryan? 38, 37? 37, 38, yeah. Oh, yeah. he's still a child. Yeah, so so congrats on that, Bo. You got to you got to be embarrassed in another country. Much like taking the, this Enterprise International. I'm just taking a shot while I can because I legitimately think that Urban Meyer is gonna collect his first win this week against the Dolphins in London. So it's going to no. be, I honestly think it's going to happen because I don't, I don't even know if Jacoby Brissett can start for the Dolphins and it's not going to be Tua. I don't, I don't Reed know. Reed Sinet? Yeah, I, I don't know. If, if, if Reed Sinet beats Urban Meyer and the Jags in London, they should deport Urban Meyer to like Northern Ireland. Like he should not be allowed to come back at all. I thought you were going to say somewhere like Yemen. Eh, uh, what's what's his name? Uh, the Jags owner, Khan, whatever. Shot Khan. He doesn't he live in London. He's got part of what does he own? Part of Man City. Was it? I I thought it was like Arsenal. Yeah, I thought it was. It Arsenal. might be Arsenal. Yeah. So he could fire him as okay. person. Yeah. That that's why there's that to look forward to. Yeah, get to see your boss in person. At hold on. Very good. Very good pump and dump. But you did mention in there, you know, way to overshadow a game. And I think what we're all talking about here and everything that kind of blew up uh, towards the end of the weekend is uh, the John Gruden situation. And I, before we get into it, I will say one thing that uh, I think ESPN is doing a very odd job of doing this because all of this stuff came from when he was employed with ESPN. So... That's just a fun fact. Don't let them play the good guys on this one. ESPN is still kind of like the evil empire over here. Oh, 100%. And I think these emails were actually discovered through the investigation of someone else. Yep, it was going into the investigation into the Washington football team. Yeah. And their myriad scandals. It is good. God, could this get any uglier? And they tried to bury it. They tried so hard to bury it. I thought they were going to bury it. By Friday afternoon, you know, dropping this thing. And then in the span of a few days, this just snowballed out of control. I mean, it was the literal train coming off the tracks and rolling downhill. Look, if this team's still in Oakland, he'd still be the coach. Oh, they built him a damn statue. Yeah. But no, this, it just kept getting worse. And knowing when they even told him, yeah, other emails are going to come out. None of those emails would have come out. If he had walked away, if he had walked away before that game, those emails would have been buried. But no, this is just hubris. 
on on his part and a complete lack of self-awareness. I mean, okay, I and Bo knows my stance on this very well. I hate sending emails. Sending emails is my least favorite thing to do in the world. Like I would rather stand in front of like a pitching machine like 30 feet in front of it for like 10 pitches and send one email per day. Like I just I hate it. Why would you put this on an email? Like everything's traced. Like why why do you write things down? If you're going to call someone something or say something offensive, just say it. I mean, everything's recorded anyway now, so you probably shouldn't do that. But definitely don't write it down if you're going to do it. Just don't do it. Like, it's that simple. It's that. It, don't overcomplicate it. To Herm Edwards, don't press in. Yeah. It, just, never press send. Stand up yeah. at your computer, especially in the work-from-home culture that we have now. Stand up and just if, yell blindly into your home. If you're going to say something bad about, about Goodell, don't put it in email. That, That's very true. Don't uh don't mess with the bots, the Goodell bots. Oh, Robots can definitely read emails. He's got an army of them. He is one. He's the he probably he probably personally sorted through all of those emails. Probably in like five seconds too, and knew exactly what algorithm. Yeah, the I, Goodell algo. Who sends those emails? I don't oh, like no. messaging people on Teams or Zoom or anything. Don't write things down. Yeah, even if, and Bo, I wanted to ask you this from a legality standpoint. He was private citizen Gruden at the time. He was not an employee. So I guess it's an HR question as to whether or not it's a fireable offense for something you did before. But if anything else, just the abject stupidity is enough to get you fired. That would be enough for me if I'm Mark Davis to go, I can't trust this guy. Yeah, I mean, in this in this business, if you're talking about an NFL player or an NFL coach or anything like that, like it's entertainment, it's all very public. The way those contracts are written, like stuff that you did in the past, it, it's all relevant, and I think it's all fire at that point. Yeah, he was a private citizen. Yeah, it's private emails, but but this is a private organization that is probably including, and I think the NFL generally does include it in their contracts a lot of language around this sort of stuff. So You'd be like if you're going to be, and particularly like he was still in a very public facing job then, like, like Gruden has always been in very public facing jobs. So he just, everybody, everybody needs to hold themselves to a high standard. But if you're going to be in that type of job, you need to even hold yourself to a higher standard. He didn't hold himself to the minimum standard. And he's always been a public figure in a public figure's job. Like, he's always been, like, out yeah. there, too. It's not like you could be, like, Matt Nagy or whatever and be, like, some yeah. people would be, like, who is that guy? Unless you're, like, a fan. Like, Gruden's face is out there all the time, everywhere. You know, True. was on Hard Knocks, you know, did everything. It's so out there. I, and people have been fired for a lot less than this, to say oh, the yeah. least. Definitely, especially in this week. And now he's going to be... uh Removed from the yeah. Tampa Bay Ring of Honor. I mean, it. it's not just what he's done since he's been at ESPN. It's backtracking now for his whole coaching career. The Super Bowl. You hear Keyshawn Johnson and Chris Sims just absolutely rip him a new one of just how big of a jackass he was and two-faced. So when I'm, your own players are just not even 
remotely sticking up for you, you know it's bad. Well, I love. And if you want to be, if you want to be really cynical about it, I think you can also make the point that Gruden like hasn't had that great a record as a coach. Um, He's only by the skin of his teeth gotten to three and two this year. They were eight and eight last year. Other than one Super Bowl with really with that Tony Dungy team. Uh, other than that, like he really hasn't had as much success as I think he gets credit for in this league. So you just get less chances as well. I guess like hopefully it, hopefully that's not what matters here, but you do have to ask the question, like if this was Bill Belichick, would it have been handled the same way? No. Because obviously he didn't get caught if he did anything like that, which I don't think he did. But, you know, that's just, if you want to be cynical about it. If it were like, if it were Belichick, the person who was going to like release the emails might not have like kneecaps right now. I, I don't know if it would be physically possible after Belichick learned for that person to like hit send on the email that would release those emails. There's some dark stuff going on in the background there. They would wash up in Boston Harbor. Yeah, I was trying not to put it that way, but uh, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, that's like it's Saban esque. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And they work together, so it makes sense. Yeah, true. So, off from that gem to the MVP race, Alex, I know you wanted to talk about this. Uh, what are your thoughts coming into, what is this now, week six? Yeah, going into week six, I mean, there are a couple guys who have really separated themselves from the rest of the field. And Lamar Jackson, what he did the other night was otherworldly. That Literally carrying a team back from all that had to be a 96% chance of the Colts winning that game. But holy crap, Justin Herbert leading the league in passing touchdowns right now, 13. And we've seen over the last couple of years, what Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, both were second year guys that went on to win the MVP. Josh Allen last year had an amazing year. Uh, in his second stint. So I think that the trend is going to continue. You've got Kyler Murray out there doing the same thing. Um, all of these guys, the the era of the young quarterback is upon us. I think that Murray had a down week this week, but Herbert's on fire. And then you have to look at the ageless wonder himself in an era of young quarterbacks. We've got the oldest one we've ever seen, Tom Brady, throwing just absurd numbers out there. So I think that it's definitely a quarterback race, and it's whoever ends up with the best record is going to win the MVP. Which would put Kyler Murray in the lead in the driver's seat. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I the that MGM has Josh Allen ahead of Kyler Murray in odds for getting the MVP. But I think, I think you're totally right. Like it's to me, it's Josh Allen, it's Kyler Murray. And then you've got some other people, but I like Lamar Jackson a lot. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson both have wins against the chiefs. Uh, Obviously that's super valuable. I don't know. Josh Allen has looked really good to me. To me, he's the odds on favorite, but, uh, I would agree with you. If if you would have told me that the Cardinals were going to be five and zero and be the last undefeated team left, I definitely wouldn't have believed you at the start of the season. And now that they are, though, that lends a lot of credence to that 
I guess some other names we haven't talked about here, Dak, Justin Herbert, Brady. Uh, you know, there's, there's, you got to think about storylines a little bit with the way this whole process around picking MVPs works. Brady's obviously an excellent storyline and he's what, 42, 43, 44. It's still, it's still way too early, but it's hard. Yeah. I mean, it's easily a quarterback race. Runaway comeback player of the year, Dak Prescott. That's, yeah, it's hard to not put him there. I mean, and then for him to have an amazing game against the Giants, one day short of exactly a year from the injury in the same building, there's no better story than that. And, you know, Cowboys fans, you've got a lot to be excited about because the rest of that division is poo. Man, I wonder, um, we talk about Gruden's emails. I wonder what Jerry Jones's emails are like. Oh, God. He does not care one bit. I'm sure he has some uh, very vocal points about some league officials. Well, there's the whole story that is somehow not making national news about the city of St. Louis's lawsuit against the NFL and the Rams and Jerry Jones's active involvement in getting that deal done to move out to Los Angeles and him being you know, his construction contracts and everything like that. There's some serious talk about some alleged improprieties going on behind the scenes in the move. And the city of St. Louis has done nothing but score win after win in this. So at what point does the NFL just say, okay, St. Louis, what's it going to take for this to go away? You know, are we going to have to have a kind of a, satellite campus for the Hall of Fame in St. Louis. You know what what are we going to do here? Are they going to start doing the London games in St. Louis? Uh, add in an extra, you know, open you know, neutral site game? Something's going to have to happen. Make those losers the Chiefs play over there. <laughs> like uh like how Arkansas still plays in the Little Rock one game a year. Yeah. I mean, but but that's not interesting to talk about. It's not it's not as interesting as, you know, the topics that Gruden touched upon in, in those emails. Uh, a city lawsuit is less fun. Like, that's... I mean, maybe not to our legal correspondent. I, I mean, that's less interesting than uh, what we talked about earlier in the off season with that mascot getting sued over throwing a hot dog into the stands. Like, no one wants to see the city lawsuit of St. Louis against, like, Jerry Jones or whatever. Yeah, it's not sexy. Yeah, but it's not a sexy lawsuit. I don't yeah, think the Gruden's, Paris Hilton, so not sexy. In in one way, you could say that Gruden's wasn't sexy either, but it's sexy to the media. They have some very, very disturbing tastes in what they cover. Yeah. So I think we'd like to go on and thank our next sponsor. Alex, I think you've got the ad read for us this week on Vance Global, do you not? I sure do. And... Yep, so before we get into picks, you know, people need to be picky about their CBD products. And that's why they should go to Vance Global. Vance Global products are made from organic CBD flour grown in Oregon and Wisconsin. Again, guys, great football places. All Vance Global products contain less than 0.3% THC, which is important because it follows FDA legal guidelines. Vance Global uses its signature technology to craft every product to guarantee the highest quality. Mother Nature would be proud. 
Even the pack and eco-seal are environmentally friendly. Vance Global's hemp flower is grown right here in the USA and contains zero pesticides. Seriously, who wants to ingest pesticides? Their CBD is safe and derived from legal hemp flower, licensed and lab tested three separate times before they even begin the handling process. So for the best CBD products, go to vance-global.com and use promo code TAILGATE, T-A-I-L-G-A-T-E, to get 20% off. You let them know where they can get that? Yep, that's vance-global.com. And while you're there, use that promo code TAILGATE to get 20% off your order. There you go. Another solid week for Vance Global as well. So I think we are about to get into our picks. We'll go with college first and then head into the NFL. And I will let Alex go first this week because I'm always the last one because I always pick mine on the fly while we're doing it. And I have the best record. So, oh, uh, actually, right before we start, Bo, I think uh, you updated the records before we right before we got onto the show would you like to uh read off the uh last week's records and the overalls if you can well i wouldn't i wouldn't like to but i will everybody everybody had a pretty good week this week everybody was right around 500 except for auburn matt it was good to see him losing a little bit on the year auburn matt is now at 12 and 14 he's just barely beating out my boy Alex at 10 and 14. So he's two games back, two wins back on Auburn Matt. I picked the fewest. I'm six and 12. I suck at this. Rob, props to you. 10 and nine and one. You have that one push from earlier in the year. You're picking 53% of your games right. I think the moral here is don't count on any of us. If you're betting, if you're betting out there, is bet against whatever we're picking because as a show, we're picking right at the forty percent clip. But uh, Rob's a little above five hundred. Yeah, just just follow me. Like I'm I'm going to tank myself for the year right here by saying it. But follow me. I'm betting over five hundred. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to win. So definitely follow me. Not for the NFL. You're at thirty eight percent for the NFL, but you're sixty four percent on college football, which is damn impressive. Yeah. It, I don't even care about the NFL that much for, for picks. Last week I said that I didn't even want to pick an NFL game, but I'm sticking with my I'll pick three college and two. And I think we can see that going steady and setting like what you're going to pick, I'm going to take three college games, I'm going to take two NFL games, that will get you where you need to go. I don't want to get into the point of the year where I've got to pick eight games. If I do, you're going to see me picking like, you know, ECU versus like UTSA, like that's where that's how deep I will dive to get back if I need to. I just don't want to. I love that you used the UTSA example because that's another one of Auburn Matt's picks from last week. He's picked San Jose State twice. I don't know how he pulls these games out of that, but every week he's like picking all these Pac-12 and whack games after dark and on weeknights. And I know exactly anyway, how he does it. Funny. I'm not going to re- reveal his sources, but I know he he definitely follows uh, some people who really like ramen noodles. Um, that like they're big into that. Uh, I think that's where he gets all of his picks from. Just sitting around eating ramen noodles. 
Like kind of like how uh how how like we used to do freshman year, Bo. I love ramen. I still eat a lot of ramen. That might be a little bit sad, but I guess all you and Alvermet can sit there. Maybe you're the guy. Maybe you're the guy I'm who. Still a student, man. Maybe you're the guy who uh, Alvermet talks to. Maybe you're just feeding uh, him random picks. I'm still a college student. Maybe one day I'll graduate and I can uh, upgrade. But uh, never graduate. Okay, so let's get into picks. The records speak for themselves. The system speaks for itself. I'm cursing myself right here, and I'm going to tank the year. Alex, lead us off with uh, your college and your NFL picks. All right. So I am going to get over 500 this week. Reason is I'm going with volume. I am going to take four college and four pro games. Wow. Whoa. So I am I am trying to get back. I, I want the lead in this. So I'm, I'm going with a lot. Uh, my first one, I'm actually going to take Michigan State Matt's Spartans, minus four and a half at Indiana. This is a running team that is just bulldozing people right now. I think four and a half is way too low. I think they win by over a touchdown. Uh, this is a game that I'm literally just looking at the offensive and defensive lines. I'm going to take road favorite NC State, minus three at Boston College. I Boston College played Clemson close. NC State beat Clemson. I'll lay the three. Going out west, I am going to take Fresno State and Wyoming. The combined under of 55 and a half. Nobody in this game can score. And then finally, I am probably the least confident in this. A&M minus nine at Missouri. This has a letdown written all over it, but Missouri cannot stop the run to save their life. Give me A&M to just run the ball with Spiller right down Mizzou's throat. I think probably two A&M guys end up eclipsing the century mark on the ground. A&M minus nine. Moving to the pros. For Thursday night, I am going to take Tampa minus seven at Philly. Until Tampa proves me wrong, I'm just going to keep going. Eagles are in free fall right now. Then I think the game of the week is going to be Chargers-Ravens. I love the over of 52 here. Um, I, I think this game has track meet written all over it. And then I'm going to take road favorite Rams, minus 9.5 at the Giants. Danny Dimes is in the concussion protocol. If he doesn't go, it's Mike Glennon. So give me, give me the Rams there. And then... Because of the Geno Smith factor, I am taking the Steelers minus four and a half at home against the Seahawks. A lot of road favorites for you. I know. That's what terrifies me. I know they're not going to hit, but they make sense. I'll just tell you, I've learned not to bet against the Steelers now. I've done it twice now, and and the Steelers just won outright both times. And, I mean, uh, I guess, you know, they could cover, what did you say, four and a half? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they could very well do that against uh, against Seattle, as much as I don't want them to. Seattle's defense stinks. I like your picks this week. At least you're on the college side. Thank well, you. I like some. I don't like some particular. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to my picks. So 
So I'm actually picking against you in at least one of these. I'm actually like, I'm now deciding whether or not I want to pick against you in the other one. What's what's the spread in that Michigan State-Indiana game? Four and a half? Four and a half. I mean, I feel like Michigan State hasn't really played anybody. I feel like Indiana, they haven't gotten it done to this point, but they've played Iowa. They've, they've had a much tougher schedule than Michigan State to this point. They played Cincinnati. You know what? I'm actually... It's a bad pick, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to bet against you on Indiana. I'm going to take them with the four and a half. And then my other college picks, I've got two more college picks. I'm also going the, the many pick strategy this week. But I'm trying to take more over-unders. I've done better on over-unders than I have on the spread. So I'm taking the over in Alabama at Mississippi State. That's a 57 and a half over-under. I think this Alabama team scores in bunches. They score a lot. If they crush Mississippi State, I think they're going to score a ton. If they don't, then I think they're still going to score a ton, and Mississippi State's going to score a ton. So I'm taking the over there. Kentucky at Georgia, over-under a 44 and a half. I'm taking the under there. These teams are both very good. The spread is 22 points or something like that. These teams have both gotten it done on defense, though. I think they get it done again on defense on both sides of the ball, so I'm taking the under there. And then the NFL, I'm picking against you again, Alex, this week. I'm taking Philadelphia. I'm taking the seven points against Tampa Bay. It's a Thursday night. It's prime time. It's at home. I'm going to be at the game. Jalen Hurts looked good this last week against Carolina. They were able to get the job done there. Give me Philadelphia. My other three NFL games, I'm taking Buffalo, plus five and a half against Tennessee. I'm taking Detroit, uh, plus three and a half hosting Cincinnati. And then I'm taking the over in Minnesota at Carolina. That's an over under 46. These teams don't score a lot, but that number is just too low. Give me the over 46. So I'm taking a lot. I gotta make I gotta make some ground back up, Rob. You said <laughs> you didn't want to get in that situation. It's what week five of the NFL season, week six of the NFL season. I'm there. Yeah, I I know better than to pick a lot in the NFL, though. As as the record shows, I'm gonna stay away from that. And uh, some of the, maybe this is the drawback to where we don't want to take a lot of the same games uh, with picking last. Um, I I tried to get my picks in earlier, um, but. Uh, could not squeeze them in in time to plan this one out. Uh, but I do have some strong thoughts. I think Alabama absolutely murders Mississippi State this week. So I'm going to take them minus 17. I am going to go with one that, it you know, if I'm going to tank the season, I'm setting myself up perfectly for it to where I will be so mad if this team covers, uh, you know, against my pick. I want to take South Carolina minus 18 against Vanderbilt. Has Vanderbilt scored? Love that. Has Vanderbilt scored I in the last like pick. two weeks? Maybe three. Yeah, I think so. I, yeah, I don't think they've scored lately. So I'm going to take uh, South Carolina over Vanderbilt at home minus eighteen. South Carolina three uh, three and three now breaks into the SEC win column and absolutely destroys Vanderbilt. And then uh, my third one, there were a few that I wanted to go with. I think that 23-point spread on Georgia-Kentucky is absolutely ridiculous. Like, 1 versus 11, I mean, Georgia very well might beat them by that. 
Georgia might beat them by like 40, but I mean, that is way too much to put on a 1 versus 11 matchup. 23 points. Uh, I wish that I could go out and take Yale over UConn. Oh, yeah. I was all over that, but they took the line off. Yeah. Uh, and then a lot on like uh, betting apps or anything like that, you can rarely get that line, at least as a preview. So I'm going to go with one that hits a little close to home for, for Bo and I. Uh, it's hard to make me pick this one as my third, but I'm going to do it. And I'm going to take a road favorite. And I'm going to take the UAB Blazers minus 16 at Southern Miss to the top. I just don't think it's there this year. I Disappointing in you. I know. Uh, but I've watched enough Southern Miss football to know. I think they've got a great coach. I think they've got a great setup. They have Frank Gore Jr. I think they're building well for the future. But this year it's just not there. They're one and five. UAB's coming in at four and two, two and zero oh in the conference. I think UAB can go into Hattiesburg and win by sixteen. As much as I don't want them to, maybe I'm picking it. This might be my safety game. If Vandy covers, I'm going to be incredibly upset. But if Southern Miss finds a way to beat UAB, I'll be very happy. But UAB minus sixteen, and then over to the NFL, I'm going to take another road favorite, Cincinnati minus three and a half at Detroit. Detroit. Remains winless, and then you know I'm gonna kick uh, I'm gonna kick someone when they're down, and I'm gonna take the Broncos minus three and a half at home against the now interim coached Raiders. Rob, you and I picking against each other in Detroit. Love Gotta tell you, Detroit looks like one of the best zero and five teams in football history. They find a way to lose games close, I guess. If, if that's if that's like a thing, if you can be the best zero and five team in football history, then oh, I it's definitely a thing. Yeah, they might also be the worst zero and five team in history when they went winless that other year. So they might claim that's right. they might claim both titles. That's right. But here's the thing: they keep losing by one, by two, by maybe by a field goal. This is three and a half point long. Look, Joe Burrow got absolutely destroyed last year. But I believe in Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase now. Jamar Chase, potential rookie of the year. Oh, absolutely. But DeAndre Swift hasn't hit his ceiling. Uh, if Hawkinson isn't hurt, he's been hurt the last few weeks. But if he can get back healthy, he's he's got a lot of talent. I don't know. I Don't sleep on this Detroit team. I, I feel most confident in that pick. That was the first pick I get. Well, Buffalo, I guess, maybe more. But... But that was I. I think you're gonna miss that one, Rob. Looking, looking forward to it. Hey, that's how you make up games, playing against each that's other. It. Yep, that's you how. Gotta, you. I, I gotta wait. I gotta start going last and just pick opposite whatever y'all pick. Yeah, there you go. I was really tempted to take that Michigan State game too, but uh, Bo, I think you persuaded me not to. Well, I didn't want all three of us taking it, but uh, when you took the other side of it, now that made me worried. I was going to ride the Michigan State Matt train, but he he doesn't have me as a believer yet. I mean, they've kind of, I think they've kind of proven themselves, at least going through uh, the Big Ten early and beating, you know, Miami. Say what you want about Miami, but I I would bet with them until they prove me wrong. And Kenneth Walker is a dude. That's okay. I'm glad that you brought that up because I was talking to Auburn Matt earlier on one of his breaks. 
And he said uh, the one thing that he really wanted to stress about since he couldn't make the show is that Kenneth Walker is a dude. So we got his we got his one opinion in that mattered, and I told him to just text his picks in. Uh, and before we before we get off of this, I do want to mention I mentioned it uh, off air for a minute that there was a typo on the graphic last week where at one point Auburn Matt and Bo got the Memphis pick at one of them had it as minus four and a half and the other had plus four and a half. That was a typo, and neither one of them hit. So. I thought that that was just a pretty fun, a pretty fun game to see that I made a mistake. That was me. I didn't catch it on the graphic. I did send it off to review to both Alex and Bo, and neither one of them caught. Even though that, even though that Bo was involved in that game, I see him pretty much looking at his own games and just being like, "Oh yeah, that's fine." But was also I in the Grove. You, you, you can't, you can't. I was in the Grove. Yeah, you can't okay, yeah, that yeah that, that's fine. Bo was in the Grove. I think you were the one who I got it right on. I think I got it wrong on Auburn Matt's pick. So I think you had the actual correct pick, and Memphis ended up losing. But uh, that was just completely wild to see. I noticed that like today, and I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Okay, so I think we're good on picks. Those are locked in. We will put out the graphic uh, coming out later this week, and we will have Auburn Matt send his picks in as well. So don't worry. If you know how Auburn Matt picks, I'm sure you'll see a a row on there. Uh, I actually have to adjust the font size on the graphic for everyone each week solely because of Auburn Matt. So it's <laughs> it's always fun since I make the graphic. So I think we're pretty good. Oh, uh, when was the last time? When was the last time you saw the Cowboys as a three and a half point favorite against the Pats? Wow! Wait, I, is that really the line? I might need to add a game to my pick sheet. In New England, at uh, four twenty-five Eastern on CBS. That's got to be the Tony Romo game, right? Yeah, it's yeah. the Romo game. So that'll be Cowboys at Pats. Dallas minus three and a half in New England. I'd like to see the last time that Dallas was actually favored against New England because I don't think they played them with Cam Newton, did they? I don't think so. Maybe randomly if they played that year that Matt Castle was the quarterback? Yeah, it could have been. But that's like an off chance that they played the Cowboys that year. But that would have to be like the only time in the last like 20 years. At least 18 or 19. That's crazy. Someone's I mean, you gotta you gotta give the boys credit though. Like the only team they've lost to is the Buccaneers, and they fight two. I mean, this is a, this Cowboys team is as good as they've been in a long time. But yeah, we like to crazy. we like to hate on the Cowboys, but they might be putting something together there. And what a way for Dak to come back after being hurt early in the preseason too. So I think. Do we that, have any dumb questions this week? I think that definitely leads us into the dumb question. I, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty excited about this one, to be honest. It's not really a question, more as an activity. I haven't, I haven't heard this one. Oh, oh, an activity. That's exciting. And it's not yeah. it's not sex position or financial term, much to my dismay. Like, I, I'm still we'll waiting. Out another week. Yeah, I'm still waiting. That's I, Maybe that's an off-season one. Uh, yeah, we might put that together a little off-season block bills. We'll we'll work with the sponsor on that one. Yeah, that's going to be stagflation. <laughs> Our sponsor is we have a sponsor for sex position or financial term. All right, I'm going to work on that one. 
definitely find us a sponsor for that segment. But let's get a couple sponsors. Maybe one sponsor's half and one sponsor's the other half. Why not just go for a threesome and get three? <laughs> yeah, our pansexual segment of the week. All right. But we have an orgy of sponsors. Is that like a glaring of caps? Terms used the wrong way. Yeah. A little, little three legged spread of sponsors. And as we talk about things being used the wrong way, we're going to do a dumb exercise of the week, and it's going to be word association. So, for example, I'm going to throw out a name of a prominent figure in sports. Uh, and give me back the first word that comes to your mind when you hear this person's name. So, for example, you know, if I were being asked, LeBron James. Douche canoe or Ichiro, inscrutable. Like these, like that's that's the objective here. And Rob, I'm going to give you first shot at this. Oh no, John Gruden, martyr, <laughs> martyr. Okay, let's put okay, that I, one I, on. I, I don't think we can say that. I've got. <laughs> Nope, nope, nope. First word. I'm gonna say nope. Nope. First word. Nope. First word. I'm gonna say spider two. Why banana? Martyr who died running spider two. Why banana? Well, this is going poorly to begin. Yeah, you definitely shouldn't have let off with me. Yeah. So oh, we're gonna. Whoa. Urban Meyer. Sexy. Sexy. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Much less sexy, Rob. Sidney Crosby. Beta. Oh. I'm saying that solely because uh, he always goes second to my favorite NHL player, not just like in my mind, but technically when he would exit the tunnel because nobody goes in front of Evgeny Malkin. Favorite NHL player ever. Sidney Crosby respected that. He knew he wasn't in charge. Malkin always went out first, even though Sidney Crosby was, what, the most popular player in the league? Yep. He knows. All right. Bo, Philly connection here. Ben Simmons. Brat. Ooh, I like that. Just get Practice your freebies. Like, seriously. No shot Simmons. No shot Simmons. Hmm. Rob, we're going to go over to boxing. Tyson Fury. Non-Roma? What? He's the Gypsy King. He's the Gypsy King. But it is very questionable when I first learned that, that he is, do you pronounce it Romani? I know Roma is is definitely like the colloquial term for it. So that was very confusing to me at first. I made a Roma is also a type of tomato. I was embarrassed very much the first time that I watched him fight because I'm like, why are we rooting on the gypsies? Different type of different type of gypsy. See, Roma I Irish. Tomato. That's the fun fact of the week. Look, uh, when I was growing up, boxing wasn't as big as it used to be, and the first time I saw Fury, like I didn't know. I all right, so we're going with non-Roma or gypsy. 
I don't even, okay. You can't Pass. just say gypsy because he, he's the gypsy no. king. He is the king of the gypsies. This is like the least appropriate episode of this show that we've had so far. Working on it. Bo, staying in the fight sports world, Conor McGregor. Scary. Scary. Dude's yeah. washed up as shit. Yeah, but he'd still be my ass. I join, I, I'm, I'm potentially, I've started training. My hands all beat up. I've started training for, there's a law school versus business school boxing match every year. But you're in both. Yeah. Do you have to fight yourself? So I've started training. No, he runs the book and he fixes the fight. And then fights I mean, whoever finds out. Get better at betting if I'm ever going to run the book. But now that I've started training, this shit's hard. And Conor McGregor washed, perhaps, but he would still beat my ass. Where would you Fair put? Enough. Where would you put the line on yourself against Conor McGregor? No, against nowhere. If, so who? Yeah, do you, like, if you're like in both schools, punch. no one if, punch. No, talking about your match. If you're in both schools, oh. who do you fight? Like who do you side with? Well. So the law school has less people, so I'll probably end up fighting on that side. I can fight on both. But, it's a double. But the business school has bigger people, so maybe I should go fight for that. Yeah. But I've you don't do weight classes? I've always liked the little guy. I'd put you solid okay. minus 300. <laughs> this is, yeah, we are definitely going to have to have an episode on that. Oh, yeah. We Okay, you got to let us know when that happens, because, like, the Tales from the Tailgate crew is going to come We may have to, to that yeah, match. we're your corner. Yes. 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 We should do a live pod from the, from the match. Live pod? We're going to stream it live. Oh, we're going to do yeah, a live full video broadcast. Uh, we got to make sure the law people don't have the rights on that because they could, they have the, they have the knowledge to sue us on that. I don't know who has the broadcasting rights. I'll negotiate. Sorry, I got it. We'll negotiate with the business school to get the broadcasting rights. I I'll be wa- your I'll be your cut man. Okay, I'm sorry to like interrupt. You know the word association game, but if you told me like, so I'm 26, but you could tell me like if you told me that I had to like stay home on a Friday night and watch like University of Pennsylvania law school versus business school foxy boxing. I'm going to throw in Foxy there just for Bo. Like, I would sit there and watch that and then go out. Like, that would be an awesome pregame time. Heck yeah. Everybody gets dressed up. It's a fun event. It's the event of the year, actually. Ooh, who do you think could be, like, the announcer? What's that guy? Buffin or Buffer? Michael or Bruce Buffer? Yeah. Yeah, Buffer. Yeah, no, you are you might be able to get the floor Buffer guy, not Michael or Bruce. But. Fan man definitely goes to that match. Oh, God, if Fan Man flew into the ring, I would lose my shit. And to say that you're flying to Philly for a boxing match? <laughs> like, that's statement in itself. All right, we're in. Heck yeah. Heck yeah, especially yeah. in Philly. I mean, you got Rocky, you got uh, this place for it. I am all in on this. But back to our activity here. Rob, your turn. Ronald Acuna. Oh, I love Acuna. Yeah, I I don't even feel right to say firecracker or spark plug. Ah, this is a hard one. You've said like eighteen words. It's supposed to be the first word. Legend. There you go. That's 
so stupid. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I like Ronald Acuna. I can't say anything bad about him. I can't even say anything funny about him. I just he's like, a bitch. Like injury. I mean, that's the other one. All right, we'll go with injury. Okay. Now, <laughs> because your other see, now I know stuff. that I can just say whatever I want as many times as I want. Can I just go on a limb? Rob is a lot worse at this than he is at picking college football games. Like, yeah. Way worse. I was correct. Worse. I was correct on the first two. You whiffed the first one bad. Your first one was Martyr Who Died Running Spider 2Y Banana. That's correct. Well, you par- whiffed that part one. of it. All right. Well, back to you. Dusty Baker. Where is he? Forgotten? I don't even. What's he doing? What is he managing one of these teams right now? Like I, yes, I haven't been following baseball enough or close enough. Clearly, forgotten. What? What's which team is he managing? Because he was in the news for making fun of somebody the other day. Is he in Houston? I definitely couldn't tell you. Forgotten is a good one. But I'll be, I'll be honest. You're spot on. The Astros. He's managing the Astros. Yeah, oh, they're in. Yeah, they're yeah. Still in the playoffs. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, forgotten. I'm good with that. Like the Astros and the White Sox played during like the day. Like I missed that. I missed them like ending the series too. I got to watch the Braves. Didn't get to watch the Astros. All right. So last one for each one of you, Rob. Antonio Brown. Frozen. Frozen. And then, Bo, your last one, Sam Darnold. Disappointed. Disappointed, okay. So, a superstar. So, so now we have to come up to with recap. Oh, God. oh, yeah. Yeah, so to recap, Rob's picks. John Gruden equals Martyr Who Died Running Spider 2 Y Banana. I hate that. That's not even a word. That's like a multiple sentences. I was told Cindy we could Crosby. do compound words. That's one play. That counts as a compound <laughs> word. That is a compound word. Sidney Crosby, Beta. Tyson Fury, Non-Roma Gypsy King. Oh my God. Ronald Acuna, Injury, and Antonio Brown is Frozen. Okay, when you read it back and not taking all the time I took to answer, it doesn't sound too bad. No, it sounds even worse. What? Tyson Fury is a non-Roma, and he calls himself the Gypsy King. That is just correct. Nothing about that statement is offensive or wrong. That is true. His grandfather was, in fact, a Gypsy King. What? Like, why is he frozen? Oh, because when he went over to France before last season, that's why he was out for so long. He went into that cryo freezer, oh, and they were like, cryo. "and they were like, definitely wear things so your feet don't freeze." And yeah. then his feet almost fell off because he stood in the freezer. They were like, no, "Don't I do that. that!" And then he did it. I remember that. But the dude is having like an incredible year, like resurgent, frozen. Like I already forgot about that shit. No, I'm. I'm- Remember when we had to watch it on the local news, Alex, when he was in South Florida and then he yelled at his, like, girlfriend and the police had to come and, like, all that stuff that was going on? That was a wild time. Like, he hijacked a moving driver. He threw shit off of his, like, 26th floor high rise in Aventura. Yeah, he was in a 
bad spot for a while. I was going to go with basket case, probably. Like, I don't know how we forgive these things so easily. Yeah. I think he lost, like, custody of his child. Pretty Sounds sure there, right. Pretty sure there was a child involved because he was yelling at, like, his girlfriend or something like that. It was. Didn't he also take his dick out and just rest it on that lady's, yeah. like, shoulder? Yeah. Like, how do we forgive this so early? Like, we don't. We shouldn't. But you just said he's, like, so resurgent. Like, I mean, he is. Have we, like, forgiven, Hugh for, have we forgiven Hugh Freeze yet? I mean, no. I don't think so. Well, I mean, I never cool. had a problem with paying players. Yeah, that's, All right, and that's to recap that Bo's pick, I, I did way better. I didn't do good, but I did better than Rob. I'm, like, disappointed in my pick. Urban Meyer is sexy. Ben Simmons yeah. is brat. Connor McGregor is scary. Dusty Baker is forgotten. And Sam Darnold is disappointed. <laughs> you just weren't adventurous enough with your vocabulary. I would have called Urban Meyer kinky. Kinky is definitely a... Why are only single words, Rob? And it, I, I did the exercise. I don't know what you were doing over here. You just started saying sentences. Non-Roma is hyphenated. It is hyphenated. <laughs> Rob... Uh, God, this show is so dumb. It's like the worst pick on this show ever. I think you said that last week. <laughs> I know. Every week we top it. That's why we're here. That's why I'm here. Yeah. To make you all look good. <laughs> all right, so we have to come up Sorry. with some for Alex real quick. Yeah. And he gave his example as LeBron James. Do they, do they have to be active? I think you gave me everyone is active in a coaching... How about... No, because I also said Ichiro. How about, so he's not active. He can come how about How about Kyrie Irving? Lunatic. Good answer. Craig Council. It's not tough. He should know the answer. I mean, game seven. <laughs> yeah, he, he got That's it. That's also two words. Seven. <laughs> Champion. Clutch. Yeah. Bo, you're up. Ooh, ooh. Garrett Cole. Overrated. Good answer. Without that spider tack, he's got nothing. So what, I've got two left? Yeah, I've got one in mind for you, but they're not active. That's fine. I I know your answer to it, but I just want to hear you say it. Jeff Ireland. Sucks cowballs. Yeah. Oh, that's the former GM of the Dolphins. Last one. Bo Nix. Ooh. Done. Done. <laughs> Stern We're words. Done yep. Well, I think that so, went well. Yeah, I think you, you crushed that. You did much better than your brother. Hey. No, I think yeah. the whole thing went well. Yeah, it did. I think so, too. This, this was fun. It's totally I different. That. I want to watch Auburn Matt do that. You know, it's the power of editing. Imagine how worse... Like, how much worse this could have been before we edit anything oh, out. God. <laughs> so if you had fun, oh, imagine what the deep cuts are. The, I really want to see Auburn Matt do that exercise because if Rob is using all these hyphens, like Auburn Matt, you can't hyphenate a paragraph. True. <laughs> <laughs> Run on sentences. Doing a Shakespearean sonnet. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm glad that I got to get just a little bit dumber today after the day I had and come in and relax and do this show. It was fun. Yeah. It was a good one. It was a fun time. We may, we may be skipping next week's show because we are traveling. No, we can uh we can definitely We can do it early. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll record on Tuesday or Wednesday and we'll be good. Uh Alex and I can edit on the road. So Alex and I are headed to meet the LSU crew and some other Ole Miss fans and meet up back home at the Waffle House tent in Oxford, Mississippi. We will be, I'm sure, live tweeting a lot from there because uh, usually I forget. So having someone there to remind me will be even better. I think Bo was pretty good with it this week in Oxford. Uh, I know we like to send some uh, some tweets out from when we get our first drink at the airport, and uh, a few people usually usually like that and encourage that. So we'll get that out. It's going to be a great time yeah. for us. What's everyone uh, What's everyone doing for this weekend? I'm probably going to lay low on Saturday. It's a late game for Ole Miss. Might hit the beach before. Go see the Rebs play at 7.30. Was thinking about making it up to Knoxville. Not going to do it. But what are you doing for the Ole Miss game? Uh, I still got to figure out that plan. The only I'm heading to the Eagles game tomorrow. They're hosting the Buccaneers. That'll be fun. Um, as far as like this weekend, I still got to figure out all my plans for that. But I'll be in the Philly area. And Alex, with the Auburn Arkansas game, you probably have to work. I'm not sure what time your game is. I'm not sure either, and I'm doing that by design because we are. I'm not looking forward to this. You are at high noon. Oh God, then we're definitely fucked. Hey, anytime Auburn plays Arkansas, at noon, anytime so, we play before two thirty, we're gonna lose. Yeah, so an eleven a.m. game, eleven a.m. game in uh, in Fayetteville, that usually doesn't go well for Auburn. I remember years. Anyone who plays an eleven a.m. game, you're not quite that hopeful. But we hope yeah. that everyone here has a good week. We want the Tigers over Arkansas. We definitely want the Rebs over Tennessee. And I think we're in for another pretty solid week of college football and the NFL as well. We have some interesting picks. We will get those out to you later in the week. And then we are going to gear up and go to the Eli Manning retirement ceremony in Oxford, Mississippi for Ole Miss LSU. So we will catch up with you next week, right about to be on the way to that game. We hope you all have a great weekend, and we will talk to you later. Bye, everybody. Thank you.